Hello, Coldum Collective. This is Randall Thor speaking, and I'm here to talk about something... Well, it's a, it's a topic I've been wanting to do on the Coldum Collective, but considering how few people I think may, have be, may be familiar with the meme, and more to the point, what I'm talking about in particular, uh, I thought I would just record a brief studio episode. I say brief at the outset. Who knows how long this will turn out to be. But uh, anyway... Um, I'm referring to a meme that started on uh, the internet Ar- around June of 2009 was when the earliest sign of this that I could find, and I'm referring to the Slenderman meme. And as you can see from the the title of this episode of the Coltum Collective, or part of the Coltum Collective episode, whichever, however this is distributed. Uh, I'm referring to the Slender Man and, in particular, Marble Hornet. Now, of course, uh, a bit of background here before I really launch into into a discussion. The Slender Man—that's where all of this starts. The Slender Man meme started on the Something Awful forums back in 2009, June of 2009. Uh, there was a thread going on. It was a simple premise, basically. It required Photoshop, as a lot of Something Awful forum threads do require. Uh, this was the, the subject of this thread was create your own paranormal image. That was essentially the basis of the thread. And, you know, people took actual photographs, put them in Photoshop or GIMP or paint, Paint.net or whatever, and essentially just edited, edited in creepy paranormal aspects make it seem like there's a ghost in the picture that wasn't there originally or something so this went on for a few pages uh, you know basically what you would expect uh, you know people editing editing in ghosts and creepy stuff well eventually there was this one something awful for a member goes by the screen name Victor Surge yep i remember the guy's name even though i've never been a member of something awful forums, Victor Surge eventually posted some pictures that showed uh, some pictures of, you know, children in a school playground. And, you know, these were black and white images. And at a glance, there's nothing weird about these pictures, except the first one. Uh, If you look carefully in the background, you see a group of children sitting, sitting on the ground in sort of a half circle, their backs to the camera. Of course, these children, this group of children are off in the distance, sitting under a tree, and there's this guy standing in front of him. Uh, the guy isn't... The, the guy's completely unremarkable, at, you know, at a glance. But then you look again, and you look you look at his arms, and you realize, wait, that guy's arms are splintering off into three or four, or maybe five each. The guy has tentacles. So that's, that's the first image. And then the second image came around and showed this... It was another black and white... Image and it showed this a line of children walking forward, walking towards the camera, walking, you know, towards and past the camera, and there was something standing am- among them. It looked like a guy in a suit, a really tall guy in a suit, and his face was completely blurred out. He didn't seem to have a face really. So that was a thing, and there was a brief description to go along with these pictures, saying these are the only two pictures that survived the burning of a local library, and police have shut down all official word, have shut down investigation into this case and are not talking about it, and say that any errors in the photograph are just an, are just an error in printing or copying the pictures, what have you. 
So this was it. This was the origination of the Slender Man. And we, basically, he had this image of a rather tall guy in a suit with no face, possibly with tentacles. And both of these images had trees, had forest imagery. So we had the Slender Man associated with forests, you know, with with his tentacles outstretched. The, ten, the, the Slender Man really does kind of look like a tree at a glance. And some of these images have him creeping around like a spider on his tentacles. So here you go with the Slender Man creature, and part of the original description that Victor Surge and Something Awful members came up with was, okay, this creature is associated with forests. And a lot of people, some people, came up with some backstory that relates him to the Black Forest in Germany, calling him Das Grobermann or whatever the German phrase is, however it would be pronounced. I do not claim to speak or know German with any kind of proficiency. But anyway, you've got this creature, the Slender Man, related to forests, and apparently he dates back centuries, and so people started referring to him as an eldritch abomination. Uh, eldritch abomination kind of meaning, you know, the, the Elder Gods, H.P. Lovecraft, you know, we're going into, into Cthulhu-type territory here. So we've got that, and, you know, this, this Slender Man it became quite popular there on the Something Awful forums, but it seemed to just be contained within that make-your-own-paranormal-image thread. And then this one Something Awful forum member, and with all honesty, I cannot remember the guy's screen name. I can't remember the, the screen name of the Something Awful account. I would have to go look that up, and anyway, I don't remember it. It's not really that important, but, um, well, it's kind of important if you want details on the who and what's and where's of how different things came into play. But anyway, the, this one Something Awful member started this thread uh, talking about how, um, t talking about strange things that were going on. We learned that the character, the, this person making the th this new thread, his name was Jay. That wasn't the account name. I don't remember the account name, as I said. But we had this person uh, named Jay who was talking about how he used to have this uh, friend over at college. They, he, and, he and his friend Alex, Alex Crayley, were both film students. And so Alex was working on this one film project for a class. And so Alex brought in Jay and a bunch of other friends to help do this film project, to help, you know, stir in the film. Uh, Alex was the main writer of this the script, and Alex called his film Marble Hornets. You know, this really presumptuous, uh, hipster kind of film student name. Marble Hornets. It doesn't mean any... Those two words don't mean anything together. It just sounds... Like a thing. A thing you would find as a film project. Marble Hornets. You know, two words that don't mean that much together. Anyway, so Alex and his friends were working on this project. Uh, Alex was filming everything. Uh, Jay was was in the film. Their friend Tim was in the film. Uh, their friend Seth was also in charge of filming and keeping, char keeping track of the tapes. Uh, their friend Sarah was also there. Uh, their friend Brian was also in several scenes. And so you had this group of this group of characters in this film, and 
one thing that happened as filming, as you know, days turned into weeks and this film project continued, Alex started acting more and more, uh, more and more bizarre, less and less like himself. He was becoming more agitated, more angry, more paranoid, less and less like himself. Something was going on, and Alex wasn't telling anyone. And so finally got to a point where Alex was giving up on the film project. He was ready to stop with Marble Hornets. And so his friend Jay goes over to Alex's house and talks things over and sees these bags of tapes, bags of unlabeled, unmarked tapes uh, that Alex is ready to throw out. Alex is ready to get rid of the tapes and never he doesn't want to see them again. And so Jay, also being a film student, doesn't want to see all of this work they've done go to waste. And so Jay asks, hey, can I have these tapes? Um, So Alex says, okay, you can have these tapes under under one condition, that Jay never mentions the tapes or anything on them to him again. And furthermore, Alex wants Jay to burn the tapes. So apparently something's going on with the tapes that Alex doesn't like at all. So Jay takes the, t- the the tapes home with him, drops them off in his closet, and soon forgets about the tapes, really. And soon after that, also, Alex disappears. That meeting there where Alex gave Jay the tapes, that was the last meeting between Alex and a Jay. Alex soon disappeared. There was no trace of Alex. He was He was gone. No sign of him. And so, fast forward two years, and Jay finally finds the tapes in his closet, and starts remembering Alex, and realizes, wait, I haven't seen him in two years. No sign of him. No one has seen Alex. And these are the tapes that we that I got from him. These are the tapes from the Marble Hornets film project. I wonder if the tapes hold any clues as to what was going on with Alex. If these tapes will help me figure things out. So Jay starts going through the tapes. He makes a YouTube account, youtube.com slash marblehornets. And he uploads any strange footage that he finds on the tapes as an entry. And so, this, you know, the series starts off with entry number one, entry number two, and most a lot of these early entries are just footage from the Marble Hornets tapes that Alex gave Jay. And this is where things really get really start get becoming odd. And well, looking at this series at the outset here, it really fits the the genre. It, the genre of found footage, which isn't, which at the time, 2009, wasn't really a thing. It was just only vaguely coming into vogue, as it were. And so Marble Hornets was part of that found footage. What, what exactly is on those tapes? That was the mystery. And as we quickly saw with Marble Hornets, there were some strange things on those tapes. Alex was being stalked by a tall figure, a tall, faceless figure in a suit. And so we, we get that with the early entries. Season 1, Marble Hornets has been going on since summer of 2009, and really, it, it's the way the story has unfolded, um, it's been split into three seasons so far. Season 1 is entries, uh, well, introduction, and entry, entries number 1 through 26. For instance, with the first entry, we see footage from Alex's camera. It's uh, one evening where Alex is at his house, and it's nighttime, and Alex is wandering around his house. All audio from the first entry has been removed. 
Jay makes that very clear in the text narration that he provides. And that's something that runs through all, most of these entries. The majority of these entries is that Jay provides narration via text, white text on a black screen. It becomes sort of a trope of Marble Hornets that other series since then have tried to emulate, but can easily be traced back to this on Marble Hornets. Jay providing text narration and entries. Anyway, so Alex is wandering through his house, and he's apparently noticed something, but again, there's no sound here, so it's not clear what clear what he's noticed until Alex arrives at his at the at the front door to his house, and he's looking around, and he's looking on the front porch, and we see a rather tall figure in a suit with a with no face to be seen, uh, sitting on his front porch, and that figure turns to look at Alex looking out the door, and Alex dart, darts from the front door, and the entry ends. Uh, the second entry has Alex driving down a, a, a road, alone, at night, and he's talking about how a while ago he was driving down this road, and his dog, Rocky, uh, noticed... They, 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 he, Alex noticed this rather tall guy standing under a street lamp, and that set off his dog, Rocky, started, started to bark. And so... Alex went back is is going back now to see if he can find that figure standing under the street lamp and figure out what was going on and so Alex arrives at the street lamp where he saw the guy but the guy's gone and Alex gets out of his car parks his car gets out and looks around and realizes there's no one there and then as he's getting back into his car the the footage ends it ends rather abruptly so what we get from these first two entries alone and the introduction, of course, these bags of tapes that Jay is going through, none of them are labeled. None of them ha have any kind of any kind of sign to indicate, okay, you know, chronological order of the tapes. So most so the big puzzle with these footage, all these tapes and footage from Alex are what's the proper chronological order? And uh, what is it? Entries one through about fifteen or sixteen are footage from Alex's tapes, and the big mystery there is, okay, which order do they go in, which which entry comes after or before whichever other entry. Clearly, entry number two takes place before entry number one, because here in entry number two, Alex has only just noticed that figure and has no idea what, what or who it is, and in entry number one, Alex clearly knew something was going on, so... We have that. Uh, and that's really kind of the big draw to, to Marble Hornets in the first place in Season 1. And as I mentioned, it was, Marble Hornets is really divided up into seasons. Considering how the story goes, entries 1 through 26 are the first season. Entries 27 through 52 are Season 2. And everything since entry 53 is Season 3. Season, season 3, as of this recording, is still ongoing. Uh, we've just recently had entry number 64 posted, continuing on the story. Um, without giving too many spoilers for those who haven't seen Marble Hornets all the way through, entries uh, season 1 is pretty much mostly Alex's footage, with Jay realizing that things are going on with him, that he's perhaps being stalked at this point. And Jay trying to figure out this mystery, trying to trying to solve things, trying to figure out what happened to Alex. What was this mysterious, tall, faceless figure lurking about? And since then, uh, some at some point in season one, entry number eighteen, 
um, Alex. You know, Alex is still missing, and Jay's trying to find clues. Jay tracks tracks Alex to, or at least follows the string of clues to a house that he, uh, that Alex and Brian lived in at one point. And so Jay is exploring this house, and the house is empty at this point. And so Jay, this is this this is this is the second time Jay explores the house, and Jay goes upstairs and looks down a hallway and sees somebody sitting on a couch at a room at the end of the hallway. Somebody's sitting on the couch, and the person sitting on a couch has is wearing a mask. It's a white mask with some black lines around the eyes. Uh, just a simple design on the mask. And so Jay thinks it's Alex momentarily. And uh, if you listen very carefully, you can very faintly hear the, the person in the mask say boo before the person in the mask stands up and runs straight for Jay, tackling him. And then Jay, Jay avoids. Jay tries to pull the mask off and... Then, yeah, the, the the footage ends, and the next footage that Jay has is him waking up the following morning in his car, out in a forest, with several of his belongings missing. So we get this ongoing mystery of, okay, we have this masked character now, who is this? You know, the mystery deepens, the mystery continues. And so season one concludes... Kind of in the present time, Jay's kind of got... He's gone through all the tapes. He's decided that he needs to move on from this and put this all in the past. So, at this point, Jay's not gone over any of the tapes in quite a while. And he's feeling better because, you know, he, he's not dealing with this anymore. He's moved on to other things. He's feeling better. And so Jay decides to conclude his investigations and just bring the series to a close and not post anything else on the on the Marble Hornets channel. But of course, as these things go, you can't get out so easily, and Jay gets a tape. At, well, at this point, I should add that part of Jay's paranoia, increasing paranoia, at being stalked by this, this, this figure, this figure, this tall, faceless figure in a suit, which they never in the series call the Slender Man. Uh, although he's he's never actually referred to by name by any sort of name in the series beyond just that thing. But uh, considering different sketches that Alex has done at different points, fans have come to refer to Slendy in the series as the Operator, which goes along with what Out of Game the creators have referred to him as the as the Operator. So we get that. Um, so in entry twenty six, Jay at this point Jay has been moving locations. He's not been staying in one location for a long for that long at all. In the previous entry alone, we got that Jay was had had escaped from his hotel, from his apartment, and had been staying at random hotels, changing his location every so often. And so he tunes into the news one morning and sees that his apartment his apartment complex was caught, was torched, basically was set on fire. His apartment alone was the source of the fire. So someone was targeting him and thought that he was in his apartment. So Jay's on the run. And that's the, the the only proof that he needs that, yes, he's right to be on the run. So entry 26, the end of season 1, uh, Jay's been on the run. He's been changing his locations frequently. But yet one morning he gets a package delivered to him at the hotel he's staying at. And in the package is a single DVR 
or mini mini DV, I think is the is the term. It's a micro mini video cassette tape. Mini DV, I think, is what it's called. It's the this tape format that's used throughout Marble Hornets, even to modern to the the current entries. I almost said modern day. <laughs> anyway, so we get this footage, and there's a note attached to it telling Jay to watch the tape, and we get this a lot of distorted footage at the beginning of it, and that's this, the distorted footage that goes along with the archived footage from Alex. Is that usually whenever the operator appears, he's accompanied by visual and audio static. So, you know, adding to the whole creepiness factor of the series, uh, you know, audio distortion settling in or video distortions settling in whenever the operator is nearby or creepy things are about to happen either way. Either way, the distorted footage rather soon ends, and we see in Alex's apartment, it's April 4th, 2010, I think. Yeah, 2010 at this point, April 4th, 2010, at about 4.03 p.m., so, you know, almost 4.04 p.m., we almost have fours all around, uh, April 4th, 2010, 4.03 p.m., uh, Alex's girlfriend, Amy, has apparently just just found this camera in their closet. She didn't know they even had a camera. And so she's asking Alex about this camera. And Alex is talking about, oh, it's his, it's the, his camera for, from his college days. And she, she should probably put the camera away. And eventually, uh, Amy turns to go back down the hallway to put the camera away. She looks down the hallway, and suddenly they have a visitor... In their apartment, it's a rather tall, suited individual without a face lurking down their hallway. Uh, Amy screams. Uh, obviously, well, <laughs> obviously, she screams. She freaks out, and Alex yells at her to jump out the window and and escape and to to get out. And that Alex will meet up will meet up with her later. And we get foot uh, distortion all around, audio and and video distortion and. It, this finally concludes on a red screen, a red red title card with the let with letters written in "Help me," and that's accompanied with all sorts of visual and audio distortion. And that ends season one with Jay telling us that he he's going to try to find Alex, try to help them. He doesn't know when he'll be back to post another entry, but uh, this is it for now, says Jay. And that's the last we hear from Jay, or. Uh, anything Marble Hornets related for about seven months. There's silence for the next seven months. And uh, something to go along with Marble Hornets. Around entry number nine, this second channel opened up on YouTube called youtube.com slash to the arc. T-O-T-H-E-A-R-K. And what to the arc is has yet to be fully explained. It's still an enigma, but it's the secondary channel that occasionally posts really cryptic video responses to various entries that Jay uploads. And this really comes into play in the Marble Hornet story at one point where To The Ark accuses Jay of being an unreliable narrator, that he's withholding a crucial bit of information from us, from the audience, that Jay should not be trusted. And Jay responds in the following entry to To The Ark, saying that, Yes, Jay has not been completely truthful. And, uh, of course, one thing we got from that Alex has been doing from the archived footage in Season 1 is that Alex, as part of his paranoia, was filming himself constantly in case something happened. 
he would have footage of it on tape to use as evidence and you know or to just even know that something had happened because we get from several entries that where Jay sees himself as part of the the Marble Hornets footage and something happened that Jay has no memory of that ever happening so the operator also affects memory and can delete pers- a person's memories of certain events we get that in season 1 so what we get is that Jay Jay reveals to us in response to to the arc's accusation that he's been recording himself constantly the same way Alex has uh, in case something happens and a Jay doesn't remember it he'll at least have footage of it on tape so the next said few entries after that are footage from Jay himself and we get some weird things happening uh, like there's some footage from uh, different cameras that Jay's put around his apartment as quote unquote security cameras and we get uh, at one point and on this particular entry Jay at, at the start of the entry Jay leaves his room goes into his and we see the way these tape these cameras are lined up we see that Jay's bedroom door leads into his living room area of his apartment and you know it's both sides of the door we see him leaving one camera and entering onto the the view of another camera and so Jay returns to his room however we see in the and footage a bit later in that that Jay gets up and leaves his room but doesn't appear on the adjacent camera like we saw before in fact Jay remains missing for the, for the next few hours and eventually does return to his room and falls asleep in bed and we get some narration text narration from Jay addressing this saying that there's no other way out of that room that that door leads directly to where we saw in the at the in the earlier footage, he should have, after he walked through that, through that door, he should have appeared directly on that accompanying camera, yet he didn't. So the question is, where did, he, where did he go for those three hours? What happened to him for those three hours? And where did, where did he return from? Jay has no memory of that at all. So again, creepy things happening. Temporal distortions, spatial distortions. And so we get that going on. So anyway, um, as I mentioned, there, entry twenty six brings season one to a close, and we have that seven month. We had that seven month gap in twenty ten. You know, the last half of twenty ten, where nothing at all was happening in Marble Hornets. It looked as though the series was done. But then, in early in early twenty eleven, early last year, uh, to the arc started posting cryptic pictures on the YouTube on the uh, Marble Hornets Twitter account. And what these messages, you know, this is the first, this is the first activity that we got from Marble Hornets in seven months, and eventually entry number twenty-seven was posted, and it pointed out that yes, seven months have passed since entry twenty-six, and that Jay woke up in a hotel room with um, a ch- with a camera strapped to his chest, and no memory of the past seven months. He he woke up in a hotel room. He has no idea where the hotel is. He has no idea where he is, you know, besides in a hotel, somewhere. He has no memories of the last seven months. And so Jay eventually finds a cache of tapes that he and a hard and an external hard drive filled with footage from the the intervening seven months, the missing seven months. And season two deals with the mystery of those seven months, what happened during those seven months at, after the end of se- uh, season one and here here at the start of season two. Those seven months, what happened there? And as we find out, a lot happened. We're introduced to several key, uh, 
a rather important location, that being Roswood Park, this large park in in the local area where things have happened and certain characters have a stronger tie to that location than we ever thought. And of course, season two... Season 2 has a surprise twist ending that I... If you haven't seen it, then I'm not going to reveal it. I'm not going to spoil it. But uh, Season 3 start, uh, starts up very soon after Season 2 ends. And considering that Season 2 is mostly just filling in the gap of the seven, of the seven months, Season 2, timeline-wise, ends up very soon after Season 2 started. So, sort of a circular circular thing there, filling in the blanks of what happened in the intervening seven months. Season 3 carries on everything since then. Uh, Jay gets some more archived tapes of the Marble Hornets days to, you know, some more clues for what was going on. And um, it carries on from there with Jay finding his old friend Tim. And again, the operator returns. And here we are partway through Season Three, the final season, as the guys behind him have confirmed, and yeah, that's a, that's a brief look there, a half hour discussion there on Marble Hornets. Um, yeah, you can find all of the footage, all of the entries at YouTube.com/MarbleHornets. Uh, the To the Ark account is YouTube.com/To the Ark, T O T H E A R K, and. The To The Ark account um, is mostly cryptic responses. There have been a couple... There have been three times that I know of where the operator has... Not the operator, where To The Ark has hijacked the Marble Hornets YouTube channel and posted their own videos. In Season 1, we had a, we had something called Entry Hashtag String which was just, you know, a line entry followed by a, a line of hashtags. Uh, just hash signs, rather. Pound sign, if you're American, if, 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 whatever, however you know that. Uh, season 2, we had, int, we had int try number 37, which was some home video footage. Uh, and in season 3, we had entry... Well, we had what was eventually re-uploaded as entry 61 which led to some major events happening, even affecting... Well, we're now at Entry 64. We're awaiting Entry 65 whenever that's posted. Probably not until mid to late November. But uh, anyway... Yeah, that's Marble Hornets, and that's mainly what I'm here to talk about. I was invited on by Ian and Dave to talk about this, mainly because it's a topic that I've been wanting to talk about on Cultum Collective, but uh, I... Don't know how many of you Cultum Collective regulars are familiar with it. Anyway, uh, yeah, this is Randall Thor on behalf of the Cultum Collective podcast. And the only other thing to mention here in closing for Marble Hornets is that, um, yeah, I started watching the Marble Hornets series around entry number 14, so this would have been late 2009. Uh, around Octo- October of no- or November of 2009. Entry number 14 is a rather simple entry. Um, it starts with... It's, mo- it's more of Alex's footage, of course, from the Marble Hornets filming days. And this is at night. Alex is 
is asleep in bed, and Alex has his camera rolling, focused on the door to his room, and the door to his room is slightly ajar. The light in the hallway is on. The light, the lights are, of course, off in Alex's room. And that, just th- that framing alone is enough to make you think, okay, something's going to happen here. And something eventually does. Someone who is rather too tall for the doorway and has arms that are rather too long appears in the door, uh, slinks through, disappears into the darkness, and eventually Alex gets up and looks around and, you know, closes the door. And then we get a, a break in the footage, and Jay tells us with text narration that this stays the same, that we just see footage of the door with nothing happening for the next 20 minutes or so. And finally, we see Alex pick up the camera, and Alex points the camera at his at himself, at his face, and we see that Alex's forehead is covered in blood. So, a bloody forehead, and Alex is staring at something off the cam- off, out, of, out of frame, and finally that cuts out. So yeah, that was the first entry that I saw for Marble Hornets, and I've been a fan ever since. I went back and rewatched the series, and you know it's the mystery of what's going on here that 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 keeps me a fan. And also, it's you know it's a, it's a really well done series. It's, it's done by these three guys: Troy Wagner, Joseph Delage the third, and Tim Sutton, who are just these three normal guys over in Alabama. They were college students themselves at the time, and they saw this Slender Man meme and thought, hey, we could... That was just starting on something awful and thought, hey, we can do something creative with this. Let's write a story and do a thing with it on YouTube. Do creepy homemade videos or whatever. And so there we go. It's been going on ever since. And it's done really well. And, uh, yeah, that's Marble Hornets. Um... I'm so much of a fan, actually, that last summer, uh, late last summer, July, August of last year, I was looking around iTunes to see, okay, I wonder if there's a, actually a fan podcast, because Marvel Hornets does have does, ha- does have a cult following of fans, and I would assume that someone, at some point, would have started, started a podcast where they get on and talk about, okay, we have all these different theories about what might be going on in the story. Is this going on? Is that going on? Is this what is is this what Tim is doing? Is that what Maskey is doing? Who's this hoodie character? What's Alex actually up to? Uh, why hasn't Jay been affected? So on and so forth. All of these fan theories. Yeah, there should be a podcast. I found one called the Slender Nation podcast, which had maybe four or five episodes before it ended. And even back then, when I was looking, it, Cylinder Nation had been obsolete, had been sort of not been going on, had not had a new episode posted in several months, like five or six months at least. So I considered it kind of a dead podcast. And so I decided, might as well start my own podcast and do it live on TalkShoe and invite other Marble Hornets fans on to talk about this, because there's a lot to talk about, there's a lot to speculate on. So I went on to TalkShoe, made a new show, TalkShoe ID 112081, and I called the show Marble Operator, you know, uh, combining the, you know, the name of the pod, the name of the show with the name of the creature, the operator, Marble Hornets, Marble Operator. 
So that's that. Uh, nowadays, Marble Operator has moved off of TalkShoe slightly. We do our shows live on Skype nowadays, Wednesday evenings at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you want to join us on a, on a show, and if, you, if you're if you a fan of Marble Operator, sorry, if you're a fan of Marble Hornets, well, if you're a fan of Marble Operator too, that's great. Uh, but if you're a fan of Marble Hornets, join us Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 p.m. Central Time. On Skype, Skype contact Marble Operator, and I will bring you into the our group chat rooms. You know, bring you into the conference call, and at 10 p.m. we will start the show. Um, since then, since we, of course, I started the show late August, early September 2011. We've been going for about a year now, and while Marble Hornets is ripe with stuff to discuss, it, there's a limit and. We've eventually gone on to other Slenderman series. See, this is what Marble Hornets inspired. Uh, not Marble Hornets. Well, yeah, Marble Hornets and the Slenderman, the Slenderman meme in general. It inspired other people to do their own Slender series. So nowadays, not only do you just have Marble Hornets as a, this thing that goes on on YouTube, dealing with you know, the Slenderman, you have all of these other Slenderman series going on, not just on YouTube as videos, but also as text only on blogs. Or maybe you have some series that combine the two and have text blogs with YouTube videos. But and there's this whole world of Slenderman fiction going on. And um, besides talking about Marble Hornets on Marble Operator, we've since been talking about two other Slenderman series. Uh, there's this... In the whole pantheon of Slenderman series, there are three in particular that are referred to as the Big Three. They were the three original series, and the three most popular, and the three that still inspire so many others to start their own series. Of course, besides Marble Hornets, there was a series called Tribe 12, which is basically done just by just one guy himself, Adam Rosner, um, who lives over in Florida. He's been doing this for his series for about three years now, uh, heavily inspired by Marble Hornets. The, the first six or seven videos from him alone on his on that series are rife with Marble Hornets tropes and symbols. So we have that going on. Uh, we've been discussing that the other of the big three is, of course, Everyman Hybrid, which is an interesting series on its own. Everyman Hybrid started off as a fitness series. It was, you know, it was a series that provided fitness tips, tips on how to how to eat healthy and exercise better. But uh, as you watch their early fitness videos, you can see the Slenderman appearing in all sorts of random locations. And eventually, on that series, Everyman Hybrid, those characters broke broke out of their fitness routine and admitted to the viewers that yes, something is going on here. We have to admit something. That apparently, within the Everyman Hybrid story, within those videos, the characters themselves were trying to do their own, or were secretly trying to do their own Slenderman series. Yes, they were doing a fitness series, but they were also, they also had one of their friends dress up in a suit and you know put a mask or whatever to obscure their face. But they would have their friend dress up as Slenderman and hide randomly throughout their videos, and so they were doing their own joke Slenderman series. But eventually, the real Slenderman noticed what they were doing, and the real Slenderman started stalking them. And to this day, within the, within the, within the series, the characters have never really fully admitted which 
Slenderman appearances in those fitness videos are their friend, and which ones are the actual Slenderman. So that's Everyman Hybrid. Uh, of course, it's it's gone on from then. It's still going on, although I think it's in its end game right now. And it's another really well done series, definitely worthy of of its inclusion in the big three. So again, the big three Slenderman series: Marble Hornets, Everyman Hybrid, Tribe Twelve. They're quite different from one another, but they're all three Slenderman series. So so far on on Marble Operator, we've been discussing, of course, Marble Hornets. Uh, we've been discussing Tribe 12, and another series called Dark Harvest. Dark Harvest is another series that started off uh, a bit slow, but it's definitely become interesting. And it's another series that you should check into, youtube.com slash darkharvest00. Another really interesting series that's still going on, and just recently crossed over with Tribe 12. The two, the, the characters in both of those series met each other and went on adventures together. Um, so they've been, you know, those two series have crossed over. Since then, uh, well, we'll see where those series go, but on Marble Operator, we've been discussing Marble Hornets, Tribe 12, Dark Harvest... We've yet to get into the quagmire that is Everman Hybrid, but it's another series that you, that's really great. Anyway, I've gone on here for about 41 minutes. You're probably tired of hearing my of hearing my voice, so I will bring this to a close. Finally, 40 minutes too late. <laughs> anyway, Randall Thor here. Signing off and saying uh, thank you to Ian and Dave to, for letting me talk here on at length about the Slenderman and various Slenderman series, Marble Hornets, a bit about Tribe 12, and a bit about uh, Dark Harvest, and maybe a bit about Everman Hybrid. Just, um, yeah, I'm a fan of the Slenderman meme, the whole idea, and, oh, the whole... Slender game thing that's been going on recently. That is something we've addressed on Marble Operator itself, how that's really affected the whole Slenderman mythology. So we've even addressed that on the show. So anyway, that's uh, Marble Operator. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing that I've done. Oh, what have I done? What have I wrought? Anyway. Yeah, I will wrap it up here. I've been talking way too much <laughs> this past these past 42 minutes. And I will bring this to a close finally. Randall Thor here, co-host of Marble Operator podcast, co-host for the Colton Collective commentaries, the Radio Free Camelin guy. What am I even doing with that podcast anyway? Anyway, um yeah, I thought I would definitely record this in time for Halloween. 2012. Last Halloween of the world, who knows? And that's it, anyway. And I will see you on Colton Collective Commentaries or the Colton Collective Show itself, Ready Free Camelin Friday Night Trivia, Talk Show ID 7402, or Marble Operator, um, Skype, Marble Operator, Talk Show ID 112081. Um, yeah. Geek Media Expo this coming weekend, 26th to 28th of October 2012, Nashville. Troy, Joseph, and Tim will be there. I'll be there. Rand, out.